new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and I'm so excited to have you guys here. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. Today we're chatting with Anna Wright from Anna K Photography all about how to handle rejection in the wedding industry. You know, no one really prepares you when you keep hearing the word no, no thanks, we go with someone else over and over again and it can start to take a toll on your self-esteem and your confidence. This question came from our Facebook group and someone asked how we handle rejection as photographers and I thought this was a great um, topic for the podcast and I'm so happy to have Anna here. Anna shares some helpful tools to process your rejection um, coming from her military background which I hope you'll find helpful. A little bit about Anna is that she's a wedding and family photographer based in San Antonio, Texas, and she is also a photography mentor and loves connecting with the creative community. You guys are going to love her. So a few things to announce before I begin. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but we have a brand new online store. It's so exciting. Um, Our first ever online courses in there, how to start a podcast. We have our e-guides, the Marketing Jumpstart Guide, and a couple of free downloads for you guys. So you should head over there and grab them. Visit tbjanae.com and click on the shop button in the menu. Also, don't forget to read our latest blog post, join our newsletter, and our super fun Facebook group. Can't wait to see you guys in there. All right, so let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. I have a wonderful guest today. Anna, can you say hi to everybody? Hey, everyone. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? Good, and thank you, Janae, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited, and I can't wait to talk about this really um, interesting and important topic. But before we begin, um, let's introduce you to our listeners, you know, tell them a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Okay. So I'm Anna Wright. I am a photographer with Anna K Photography. I've been in business almost three years. Um, kind of took a really long path to becoming a photographer. My background is actually being a nurse and a military nurse at that. Um, I served in the Air Force after college and after having some kids, decided to get out of the Air Force and focus on being a mom. And when I went back into nursing, the hours were just so crazy. It was really hard to manage being a mom and working 14 hour days, three to four days a week. And I was looking at going back to school to get my nurse practitioner license. And my husband said, well, you've always loved taking pictures. Why don't you just try this photography thing? (laughs) What's really funny about that is that there was no photography thing. I had no idea how to use my camera. I was seven months pregnant with our third child, but 
um, I just did it. And I took some classes and got started. And now here we are and shooting, I think we'll end with 15 weddings this year. And it's just been amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so how did you sort of uh, train yourself to, to learn your camera and, and kind of get into that, into this uh, industry? So I took online classes to just learn the basics. And then once I figured out the style that I like, a little bit lighter, cleaner, classic, I took classes to learn, you know, how to edit specifically that way. And then I quickly fell in love with film. And so then I took more classes to learn how to shoot film. And now I just shoot hybrid. I joined uh, Tuesdays Together pretty early on. And so I started networking really quickly with a lot of our wedding industry leaders here in San Antonio. And it just felt like home. It just felt like the right place to be. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're a hybrid photographer just like myself. That's awesome. Cool. That's great. Thanks. So I'm really excited to chat today because I actually got asked um, by a listener to have a dedicated podcast about how to handle rejection. And I really thought this was a really good topic to talk about because one, a lot of people don't talk about it, right? I mean, they, we ignore it. We push it aside. We say, oh, it's not about me. It's about them. And I don't really know if there are a lot of tools, maybe for, for the wedding industry specifically to help people get over that no that pops in their inbox or the, you know, we went with someone else um, as a photographer because it can, it can be, you know, it can be upsetting. It can. And I will be the first to tell you, I've gotten a lot of no's in my inbox in the last two and a half years. But I think that when we learn to process no's and grow from them, it just opens your business up to more growth than you could ever imagine. Um, And just to kind of set a thought, nobody is talking about the no's that they get on Instagram. Um, you only see the yeses and the happiness there. So it is frustrating that we don't talk about it because we know it's happening to everybody at all the levels. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I will get emails or DMs like, oh, you know, you never get a no or how you're always busy. And I'm like, girl, do you know how many people said no to me before I got a yes? But, you know, I've designed my my approach and my business that way, you know, because not everybody is my client and I'm not for everybody. So I think, you know, I'm excited to talk about this. There's a lot of facets to it. Agree. So why? Yeah. So like, why are we so affected by being rejected? So I think specifically photographers, we feel such a strong personal connection to our work and we take such pride in our editing. And for the most part, I think everybody really believes that what they're doing is so amazing And so when somebody says no, whether it be a client that doesn't book you or a publication that says, you know, thanks, try again next time, it stings because we've just poured our heart and soul into the work that we're presenting. And so that is hard. Yeah. Yeah, And I think as artists, we're a little more sensitive or, you know, attuned to being attached to our work because we created it, you know, like it's, we gave birth to something basically. (laughs) And and, you know, when someone says no or they don't value what you do, um, it, it's upsetting. It is. But I do think that when you can kind of separate yourself from the work 
and look at the no with a little bit more of a systematic approach, um, you know, you can see where they valued you, where they didn't, things you could do better and really just take that sting out of it and use it as like a learning opportunity. Yeah. I love that. I love, we're going to dive into that in a minute. So, you know, we take it so personally when we get rejected for a job, a wedding or an event that we really, really want to, to be a part of. Um, you know, we think that they don't like our work, but it could be other factors. You know, I think that it, there's a lot of things that encompass being rejected, but you know, how can we start to manage this disappointment? Well, the first thing that I like to tell people when they're getting, you know, upset about being rejected is that if you got the inquiry, they liked your work. Nobody's going to inquire with somebody if they didn't like your work. And so just getting over the fact that it's just the pictures, because, you know, we know it's so much more than that. So if you get the inquiry, they obviously liked something that they saw. So just take that, take a deep breath. Your work is probably fine. And then (laughs) you can kind of move through. So one thing that I've noticed in the wedding industry is that we're always talking about boundaries Um, and coming from a military and like nursing background, there's like no boundaries. You just do the work all the time. You know, if they call you in, then you come in. If you have to stay late, you stay late. But in the photography industry, everybody's always talking about boundaries. You know, don't answer emails after five. Don't answer inquiries on the weekend. Make sure you stick to your guidelines. Um, You know, these are your prices. Don't lower them. And so we focus a lot on the boundaries that we put in place around our business. But then when clients tell us no, I feel like we're missing the boat on applying boundaries to their no. So when a client tells you, hey, we're not a good fit, hey, you're too expensive, it doesn't always have to be personal. We have to remember that they have their own boundaries. They may have a really strict budget of $2,500, and that says nothing about your work. If you're a $6,000 wedding photographer, they might really, really love your work, but they have a hard boundary of $2,500, and that's not something that you can change that's not an upsell that's going to happen. They may have kind of a strict comfort level with, you know, we only want a photographer that's been in business this amount of years. And that's their boundary. That's their comfort level. And so if you've only been in business one year, you might not be able to change their mind. And that's not personal. That's their boundaries that they are applying to their search. And so you can just look at that and say, you know what, like we weren't the right fit right now. But you still have to treat each client, you know, with respect and show them your best face, best customer service, because in a couple of years, you might be their friend's photographer. They might refer you to that friend that has, you know, a $6,000 budget or whatnot. Um, So I just think thinking of boundaries that your clients have and how that plays into a rejection can be really beneficial. Yeah. I love that. Oh gosh. I'm like, if you could see me, I'm nodding. I'm like, yes, this is really good because you don't, you don't know what their limitations are, right? If they have said, you know, we're a hard no on this amount of money, you know, you could just be out of it because you have your hire and that that's just, yeah, I think it's really a good point to think about it from their point of view as well. Cause you don't know exactly, you know? Yeah. So maybe like you can share some advice or steps 
you know, with our listeners on how to work through the emotions of rejection. It's hard. I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't still get sad. Um, it, it definitely hurts, but I do try to think about all of the times that I've been told no, or you're too expensive, or we're not a good fit. And I look back on, well, what did I end up doing that day? Or where did that lead me? And so if you can look at your past rejections and see, you know, the fruit that came from them, I think that helps a lot. So it doesn't have to feel like the end of the world because you're reflecting on the growth that comes and the other opportunities that present themselves. So like for me, one example, I remember there was a wedding that I really, really wanted and it didn't work out. So I had this empty day on my calendar and I was so disappointed. But then one of my now dearest friends and mentors asked me to second shoot for her that day. And I learned more second shooting, still made a little bit of money, but the opportunity to connect and learn from her was worth way more than if I would have lowered my prices enough to take that wedding. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I think it's being open to, to the universe, having better things in store for you, you know, like you, you know, I've had a a similar situation where this wedding I really wanted, the couple was great. I thought they were going to hire me. I did their engagement session photos and they went a different way. I, I mean, ultimately I was out of their budget. Right. But I was super, super bummed. And this is when I was just starting. So like every client, I was like, come on, hire yes. me. But, and then what happened was, um, I guess a couple months later, I booked this little elopement in, in Brooklyn and this girl had these amazing red charm peonies and I took a, you know photos of them. And what happened was that picture basically propelled people to know who I was because it went viral on um, Pinterest and style me pretty picked it up and the wedding got featured and like all this stuff started happening because I was free. You know, if I had been booked, I don't know what it would have happened with that other wedding. You know, like I don't know if she would have had flowers that were of the moment and very pinnable. So it's, you know, I didn't realize that that had happened. So I looked back at the calendar and I was like, oh, this was so-and-so's wedding. They didn't hire me, but all this good stuff is happening because this person did. So you have to kind of look at it that way, you know, keep your mind open that maybe there's greater things working in your favor. Yeah, definitely. And there almost always are, and it's hard to see it in the moment, but I really believe that having a community, having a close mentor, you know, those trusted people that you can talk the rejection out with that can give you objective, but also kind and encouraging advice. Um, I can't imagine being a photographer without my community of other close friend photographers to bounce ideas from. And, you know, sometimes also it is us. And so having those people to say, you know what, maybe if you tweak your replies a little bit, maybe that'll help. And just having those really trusted friends to help you get through those no's. Yeah, I think that's a great um, piece of advice. I think having a, a support community, you know, we have the Tea with Janae community, definitely Tuesdays together. You know, it's definitely safe spaces where you can ask a question and it's not 
a silly question. You know, someone's really going to take the time to help you out with it. And I have, we have a group of, um, I think there's like 10 of us on Instagram chat and, you know, we've seen it all. We've been through it all and we're there for each other. I think it's so important and we help, you know, craft certain emails a certain way, you know, cause you just need somebody else's eyes and opinions. And I think that's really helpful, but I, I wanted to ask you when you get rejected and this is something I just started doing. Would you ask for the reason why would you reply back to that person or ask them over the phone you know, can I ask you who you went with? Can I ask you your decision? How did you make that decision? W- would you get or get or, you know, like ask them for that feedback? So I don't yet. It's something I've been thinking about. Um, I think it could be really valuable. But then I also, I don't know. I'm just a little, I'm still a little hesitant to do it. Do you do it already? Yeah. How does, how is it going for you? Yeah, I'd say about a year or two ago, I started asking people what, who, why they chose somebody else and who they went with. And I find that, mo- you know, it's like 50-50. 50% of people reply back and they're very, you know, um, frank. And they just say, you know what, we went with X, Y, and Z because she had photographed my best friend's wedding. And I just wanted somebody who um, already was like in the family, you know, like or someone I already knew somebody else trusted. And that's like a trust factor. Or they say... Um, or we just went with this person because, you know, their, their collections were more aligned with our budget and the other people don't reply, but I feel like getting that information, you know, getting over that, um, hurdle of the fear of what they're going to say is really important because I, that I feel actually feel better about it because when I get that email back and they say they went with so-and-so because uh, they shot their best friend's wedding or their cousins or their brother's wedding. That makes me feel so much better because in a way I can't compete with that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's comforting to know like, okay, well they kind of had their mind made up before we even talked, you know, like it was not really about me ever. Or someone says that they were out of, I was out of their budget and I'm like, okay, well that's not my client, you know, because my client doesn't care or or they want to invest in my services. So that also makes me feel better because I know it's not about me, you know, like they're very price centric and like, that's not my, my ideal client, you know, like they want to make the investment. So I have learned that getting that information is actually really helpful for getting over my fear of rejection. I do really, I like the idea. We were kind of in a unique spot overseas this summer. And so, um, COVID kind of changed our whole trajectory, which is great. But I was in a place where I was going to be moving my business and kind of starting over. But I do think that would be really beneficial now that we're laying down some roots. We're going to be in San Antonio. It's a small community. So getting that feedback is probably something I need to start implementing too. Cool. Well, we'll check in with you and see if you start doing it. Yes. <laughs> I'm a little great. nervous, but I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Good. Okay. Yeah. We'll let, you can post it in the group and let everybody know. Okay. So, you know, we can't go around with like a negative outlook, you know, or a bad mindset, you know, that, thinking that we're always going to be rejected. Like it's just, it's not a good way to be, you know, how, how can we make sure to keep those thoughts in our brain in check? Yeah, I do think that that is something, you know, you could fall into the mind trap of 
the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur were something I was not prepared for when I entered this industry. But I think we just have to keep going back to this is our craft. This is what we want it to look like. And remember all the amazing things that we do. I also find that shooting just for me, you know, going to styled shoots and just creating beautiful things that I really love and I really want to shoot helps me because I know I always have content to put out there that I love and will attract my ideal client. So if I'm getting a lot of inquiries from people that aren't booking, you know, you kind of go on those spells where it's like, gosh, like everybody is saying no. But then if you're looking, okay, well, have I been really pushing my content the right way? Have I been using the right hashtags? What have I been doing to find my ideal client? So I'm, I just don't really believe in the like wallowing and negative outlook. If things aren't going well, it's time to evaluate and you can change the course really take a hard look. What are we doing? So instead of getting sad, I think we just need to get motivated and start applying the principles that we know we need to be doing to our business. And it's time to get to work. Yeah. I love that. Don't get mad, get motivated. That's so good. I love that. I think it's smart also for people, you know, if you're getting a lot of rejection, I find what you said before is really helpful is to go back to your processes and your approach um, to ha- how you handle your in-groups and, and see what you can fix. See if there's something that maybe isn't aligning with your ideal client and how can you improve it? I've had a friend um, who was struggling to book uh, for a couple months and we had a lunch and she, you know, was, you know, telling me what was happening. And I said, well, what are they saying to you? What, what, how are they rejecting you? And she says, well, they keep saying I'm out of their price range. And I said, well, are you asking them before you get on the phone what their initial photography investment's going to be? And she said, no. And I was like, well, that's what you need to start doing. <laughs> and she was just like, why? I was like, because you want to know if you, if your services are going to be within their budget, you know, if they're, if, or at least their starting budget, you know what I mean? Budgets can always change. Um, and she took that advice. And I, she, she texted me like maybe a week later. She's like, I just booked two weddings because I took your advice. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, just being a little, just tweaking her process to, to getting a bit more information up front, she was able to create proposals that were, were going to work or within her budget. Or she would tell them, you know, hey, look, I started X. I'm already over your budget. Is that something we can, you can work, we can work with? So I think, you know, looking at your processes – so to, to really, you know, be honest with yourself and not get mad, you know, and get motivated is such a great tool to sort of like maybe having less rejections or less no's, uh, you know, in the long run. I agree with that. And it's hard to look at yourself and your processes objectively. So again, like you were that friend at lunch telling her, hey, we'll try this instead. Just having that other set of eyes can really help. And I think the same thing goes with publications. I know a lot of my friends have been frustrated that they didn't get into the publication that they wanted or whatnot. Um, I've been frustrated. I still haven't gotten the elusive style me pretty publication, but it's coming one day. I know it is, (laughs) you know, but just looking at, well, are you really creating a story? Like, what are you giving them? Are you just saying, hey, this is my 
whole gallery and I love it and pick me? Or are you really giving them a great story, a curated gallery? And so any time in the industry that you're putting yourself out there, you just really have to focus on presenting it in a way that relates to the audience that you're trying to serve. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually taught that in my uh, marketing intensive uh, one day. It was all about submissions. And, you know, I had my students show me what they had recently submit. And, you know, one of them was strong, but she included some photos that, you know, were not great. And I was like, this is someone's butt. Like, you don't, <laughs> you know, don't include this photo because that negates sort of like the entire gallery because they're looking at it as a whole and then they break it down individually. So I think that's so great to like, you know, there are plenty of resources and mentors and uh, courses about how to create, you know, successful submissions and, you know, how to do your inquiries and all the stuff like that. But I think, you know, being aware and being open to, to learning is really going to help you. I think so. Yeah. So can you share, you know, with our listeners, um, three of your best tips for handling and dealing with rejection? So, uh, yes, one of them, always important. Don't check your email first thing in the morning. Nobody wants to start their day with rejection. So starting your day with your coffee, your breakfast, getting through those important things that you need to get done. So you're already feeling good about your day before you open any of the emails that could be coming in that are telling you no, I think is really important. That way you are already in a good headspace. You've already accomplished a lot and it doesn't derail your day. So that's probably my number one tip is start your day on your footing, not somebody else's. Love that. And then the second one is going back to that boundaries. I think whenever you are getting a no, just writing out the boundaries that, you know, maybe I'll know for sure once I start sending people questionnaires, but was it budget? Did they tell me it was their budget? Could it be an experience thing? Did they go with somebody who was way more experienced or somebody who had shot at that venue before? Was it a friend's, you know, photographer that they hired? Maybe the publication is full. They're just not accepting any more publications. Their calendar is booked. Maybe it was the wrong publication. So finding those boundaries that businesses and clients have, write them out so you can see them. So you can see how many things go into it that aren't about you. And that kind of takes the sting out of it right away. Yeah, I love that. That's really, that's really helpful. And then third is just always that community piece, having those trusted friends that you can come to and say, listen, like I'm getting told no all the time. What am I doing wrong? Or am I, is my price point right? What's, what can I do to improve? Because I think the, the worst thing that you can do is have this fear kind of looming over you, this fear of rejection, right? Because clients, they can feel that you need to be confident in your work. Um, so walking around with that kind of fear or, you know, maybe imposter syndrome, I guess you could kind of say, is the worst. So find your community, dig in deep with them, and don't be afraid to share what's going on because we've all been there. Yeah, I love that. I think that's, those are really great tips. And I also think, you know, just piggybacking off what you just said, like your mindset, if you are not confident in your pricing or your price structure, they're going to know it. 
You know, if you are trying to explain why you charge X, Y, and Z, and they're like, uh, no, then you, you need to work on that. And I think also listening to your audience and listening to what people are, are booking is important. You know, if you come, if you're, if you're just starting and you're like, I'm $5,000 or whatever it is, and no one's booking you, you kind of have to, to read the room a little bit, you know, and say, okay, well, maybe I really do have to start off lower and, and then aim to go higher. Or if you're really super high and people aren't booking you, you're like, all right, maybe jumping $5,000 in the starting rate was not the best thing to do. So maybe <laughs> I'll come back down. So, you know, I think you just have to, you have to read the room. You have to read your, you know, what people are buying and what people want. And, and then just sort of like tweak accordingly. And don't be afraid to. I know a lot of people are like, well, my website said I started at 3000 Now it's 2500 I was like, so? No, no one's checking your website every day to know how much you start at. And if they are, they're, they have to get a life. Like just, you know, <laughs> focus on yourself before you start worrying about other people. Agree. And I have um, a really good mentor who told me for every price increase you make, you have to give more value. And whether that value be your photography has gotten so much better or you're adding that really great preferred vendor list, or you've invested in a new website for client experience or, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, and so just knowing that when you're making increases, you're also changing your audience a bit. And the whole business of being an entrepreneur is always try, evaluate and redirect. And you just have to keep doing that or, you won't be able to hang. So get right. in the mindset for a roller coaster because that's definitely what this is sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Anna, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really passionate about this topic. I just think it's so important for our mental well-being and for the longevity of our business to really dive into this. So I appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah. Anytime. So let's tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, um, your website, and say hello on Instagram. Yeah. So you can find me at www.annakphotography.net. And I do spend probably more of my time on Instagram. And I'm at annak.photography. And I just love, um, you know, connecting with our photography community and offering encouragement and empowerment when I can. So definitely come say hello. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. All this information will be in the show notes. So you guys could just swipe on up and say hello to Anna directly. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. to check out all their links and information in the show notes you can find out more about them and their services and give them a shout out online and on instagram 
if you're listening, take a screenshot, share it with your, um, in your Instagram stories, tag at Janae Kirshner, and I'll share it in mine. Can't wait to hear from you guys soon and share our next cup of tea together. Bye.